This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology show. Your host, Meryl Vandermerva, loves using technology to streamline her life and to make lessons more engaging. She is a graduated homeschool mom and teaches homeschoolers at her local co-op classes and online at fundafundaacademy.com. Whether you are tech-challenged or someone who loves technology, this show is for you. And here's your host, Meryl Vandermerva. Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. This is your host, Meryl Vandermerva, and today in episode 159, I'm going to be sharing with you 10 websites that you will be thankful I told you about. So uh, we are coming up to Thanksgiving, and I was thinking about what to do around the theme of Thanksgiving, and eventually I decided to actually share with you 10 websites that I really enjoy and that I hope that uh, you will be enjoying as much as me and that you will be thankful that I told you about these. Now, I have mentioned some of these in episodes before. Sometimes I've mentioned these on numerous occasions, Um, but some of these are completely new to you. Some of them are even fairly new to me. The ones that you have heard about before that I'm mentioning again, I am mentioning them because I know some of these took me a long time to try out. When I repeatedly heard them on the same podcast I was listening to, and I listened to a couple that sort of cover EdTech, I started thinking to myself, um, I really need to try it. But often you hear it and you think, I need to try it, and you don't do it. So it's the, the idea of repetition. So yes, I know I'm repeating some of these, but if you haven't, if you have tried them, I'm not going to belabor it, so hang in there. There are ones you've never heard about. But if you haven't, really you want to look at these. So the first one, the one that I probably use more than anything else, is Canva. I use it in my classes. I use it for myself to run my business. It's canva.com. It is the, uh, it started off just really graphics that you could easily create. And you can create these even if you are not very good at, uh, at art, which is me. Now, admittedly, my VA, who is uh, much more better at art than I am, her graphics come out a lot better than mine do but at a pinch when she's unavailable I have made things and you all have even seen them published on Instagram and uh, um, on my Facebook page etc. It's also though a very easy tool for children to use even younger children and so in both um, Funder Funder our show sponsor Funder Funder's unit studies you will find activities that will use it and in the online classes because it's really easy to put together a poster or something you just literally drag and move elements around and it's really easy to resize you can make it whatever you want but Canva has become more and more powerful over the years so now not only can you do graphics and this can be anything from you know something for Pinterest or, or Facebook um, to you know making maybe like a photo book that you want to do for your family you can do things like comic strips timelines I talked about it in the episode on timelines um, you could also make really nice slideshows that's what I've been using recently when I want to make slideshows because it's also easier to share it you can just share a link like you would with Google um, slides um, and you can even make videos now so uh, just a lot of, of different things and it's free. There is a paid version and also some of the graphics are paid, but you can use any graphics you want and there is plenty that you can use free. I, I'm still using the free version. I'm getting very close to being tempted to use the paid one, but you don't need to ever move on to paid, especially if you're just using this for your kids to learn in, the, in your homeschool. One other thing about Canva is that 
people are using this more and more in business so it is also a skill that your kids can learn that they will be able to put down if they really get to know it well that they'll be able to put down on a resume uh, we do teach it how to use it in computer applications class the next one is flippity it's now my favorite go-to to create a quick quiz um, or maybe even a quick online board game or uh, a hangman anything like that that I want to just particularly use in my um, you know study classes because it's just nice and fun when you've got a specific list of words for instance that you want your kids to learn from spelling flippity is the way to go but it's just got so many other things and I kept hearing about it and I just didn't try it and now I just love it so go and take a look at flippity vocabulary.com it is a great free website well the online one is free i think um you do pay about a dollar 99 if your children get the app but this they can start from fairly young it's a great gamified way to practice vocabulary and learn vocabulary there are lots of different lists you can choose from use it in our writing mechanics class uh, to get kids to just learn more and more vocab and it's it's a fun and easy way to do it they get there's quizzes they can do, they can come back and they can keep retesting. They can also just be learning random words, but um, take a look at that for a good way to build their vocabulary. iCivics, probably my favorite educational game site. Most of the games are related to government and physics, uh, government and civics. Uh, there are those some that I would say are more related to the economy. So I use some of them in the economics class online. And also um, there is at least one that is kind of history uh, as well so this is good for sort of upper elementary through high school some of my high schoolers love the game so much that they'll be playing it even when it's not assigned particularly there is one called um, I have a right which reminds me a little bit of I don't know if it's called dinner dash or something like that when you run around restaurants those kind of ones and you're trying to like make menus uh, you're trying to like fulfill orders and things well it's kind of the same except for you're a law firm and you're trying to uh, um, get your clients off the hook and you have to decide whether your client has has a real case or not so you get dinged if you take a case that you can't win and you have to assign it to the correct lawyer so it's a really fun way of learning the amendments so go take a look at that then FET P-H-E-T this is a website uh, and everything is free of course um, on this list it's FET is from the um, University of Boulder in Colorado and it is just a lot of hands-on simulations for, for, for science, chemistry, biology, physics. I use it mainly in physics when I'm coaching my um, homeschool science Olympiad team, but I know Fanda Fanda's chemistry teacher, she uses a lot of the chemistry ones. In fact, there's a whole episode that she did on the ones that she uses. So if you want your kids to sort of like see science, but you don't want to have to go and buy a bunch of supplies obviously that is really fun to do but some of them are also just hard to do by yourself to actually see like um, electricity for instance is it's got a great circuit simulation they can actually um, wire circuits you can see what the effect is of putting in a resistor and if that resistor if you put in a stronger resistor everything it is just so cool you can even set your circuit on fire uh, kids normally enjoy doing that so take a look then Grammarly.com. Now I have Grammarly installed. I use Chrome. I have it installed as um, on my Chrome browser. So every time I type something, it will tell me if I have an error. And it does this pretty much across the board on my, uh, whether I'm typing a blog post, um, a description on Pinterest, 
uh, an email, it shows up all my blatant errors. But if you don't use Chrome, you can also just go and use um, it on the web. And so, for instance, if your child is writing an essay, you can take it and upload it, and it will give them all kinds of ideas on how to improve and what is wrong. And uh, so, it's the, the main one is just free. I just use the free version. So, that is something that I don't know how I'd live without anymore. Um, it is just a great tool. Now, to ones you've never heard me mention before. First one is called Slides Mania. And I learned about this, and the next one I'm going to mention from um, a podcast called Got Teched. Uh, it's two school teachers who share a lot of um, cool resources. And Slides Mania, which is slidesmania.com, is a site that shows you a lot of templates, gives you free templates you can use on Google Slides or PowerPoint. So it's not the actual slides. I hadn't quite understood this when I listened to them um, talk about it, but it's their templates. So if you want to create or your kids want to create like a really cool looking slideshow and want to start with a template that just isn't one of the basic ones in Google Slides and you don't want to pay for it, there are just so many different ones. They also, and it's PowerPoint as well, they don't have Keynote. Um, they also though have a tips and tricks, and I'm going to link to this in the show notes. By the way, I'll have links to all of these in the show notes. Find the show notes at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Uh, but they have a how-to tab, and it tells you a whole lot of tips and tricks on how to do some really cool things in Google Slides. So it's really a way to up your game or for your kids to up the game, because Google Slides is something that they're probably going to be using when they get to college to make presentations, particularly if they're doing group work, because you can work together on it. And um, this is just so cool. In fact, I think I'm going to go and add this in. I, I do have a um, teach Google Slides in the computer applications class. In fact, a lot of these things get taught in the computer application class. And I'm going to go and add this in because I really think even if it's just an optional exercise, um, there were a lot of things that I didn't know. So go take a look at slidesmania.com. The next one also from the Got Tech guys. And if you love tech, their, web, their podcast is really good. It's called the kids should see this.com, which is a crazy name, but basically it's a website with videos, YouTube videos on cool topics, the kind of like, you know, um, why do cats meow type of questions and how do you build a um, volcano at home? But there's just like lots of things. There's like how to's and there's documentaries, but they've, it's been curated. So if you want to say to your kid, they've got half an hour and this could be small kids, big kids, you know, it, there's something for everybody. But if you want to say to them, you've got half an hour and you can go and watch anything educational that you want and you want to be able to send them to a site that you don't have to go and vet everything they're seeing, this is a site you could send them to. Now, I haven't looked at everything to make sure there's absolutely nothing you wouldn't agree with, but basically there's, there's no ads and things. It's just the actual, um, uh, the the videos that they'll be watching. And there's just a lot of cool cool topics that have all been put together there. So take a look at that. Then there's a website that I don't think I've ever mentioned. I use all the time called BookBub, B-O-O-K-B-U-B. And the way I actually get it is an email. So you can sign up on BookBub and every day I get an email that tells me what books in the genres that I'm interested in are discounted on Amazon. It is a free service. Obviously, they are making money through the affiliate link. But um, every day I get an ebook bub 
with about, I think it's five different suggestions. And these are books that normally would sell. So there are digital versions of the book, but they would normally sell for, you know, sort of maybe $15 and they're down to 99 cents or $1.99. I have found a lot of new authors like that. I particularly kind of went through a phase where I was reading a lot of um, travel books and I tried a lot of new authors. And then sometimes I went on and bought the full, you know, more, more books by that author but it did really work well to hook me in but you know for 99 cents or $1.99 if you don't like it it's not a big deal just to get rid of it but it's not just new and unknown things you will also find though that they will come up um, regularly I'll actually see classics that um, that they'll mention or a well-known author and again it's often a series so that you get read the first one and then you get hooked but they're not always they're often just you know well-known books and I probably buy from them about twice a month. Uh, so, and, and I'm a very cautious spender. I just don't spend money. So the fact that I re use this regularly says something. I've also told all my book-loving children about it. And they now all wonder how they could have lived without it. So I think you'll be very happy when you get it. Because obviously also the other thing I do is I use it for gifts. So I will sometimes... I'll select genres that isn't perhaps mine but I know something that my husband would like and then it comes along and I buy the book for $1.99 and you just schedule it to arrive on their birthday because you're buying it through Amazon because it links up to Amazon you just say which day to to deliver it on of course I normally forget I bought it as well but we all get surprised when the person gets the, the book on their, on their birthday and then the last one is also book related and this is another one from the um Actually, this is not, so this is from another one from a podcast. This is from the, the travel podcast I listened to called um, This Day in Travel. If you like, if you like travel, it's, it's, a, it's long. It's about an hour each time. It's the only really long podcast I listen to, but I enjoy it because I love to travel. And at the end, I always have picks of the week. And this particular week, it was a couple of weeks ago, they, one of the, um, the presenters, because there's a couple of them in chat, talked about standardebooks.org. So obviously part of traveling is you need lots of ebooks. And you probably know about the Gutenberg project. Well, it's where you can buy find free books that are um, now um, have passed their copyright period. But if you've ever gone and tried to like read one of those or download them, the formatting isn't great, the font is often not great either. So it's not really an easy way to read it. Well, standard ebooks take some of those books that that can now be freely distributed. And they have actually formatted it. Now, I haven't yet downloaded anything. There are a couple on the list that I want to read. And I'm about to go on a trip. So uh, I have actually just sent the link to my iPad, which is where I, I, I read. I, I use the Kindle app on my iPad. Um, but you can also send it through just to um, to be able to read on Google Books. There's lots of different formats that depending on what you use to read your ebooks on, you, you can choose when you do it. There are quite a lot of children's books. Um, it's already, it, there's not, there's not thousands of books on there. They're obviously doing it slowly. But if you like Inesbit, Five Children, It is on there. Anne of Green Gables is there. Um, a bunch of Mark Twain's, including Prince and the Pauper. Um, I think that they also had Tom Sawyer. Pollyanna. So a lot of the ones that, that I love to read as a kid and my kids read as kids were on there. And then there were also um, a number of classics. Um, I can't for the life of me remember which one was I, I looked at and thought, oh, I want to, um, oh, My American Cousin, which is a play that I have not read. And I'm going to go and download that one to read. So go take a look at it. 
if your kids are using Kindles um, or some other e-reader, or if you do, you're sure to find something on there and that is free. And plus it's also often the books, you know, that you actually get, um, you know, depending on which curriculum you're using, you sometimes have to read. Oh, they have Shakespeare's. They have quite a few Shakespeare's on there as well. So now I, I use Sunlight curriculum with my children and there were a couple of the Sunlight books on there. So I definitely could have saved it if I, I could have used some of them for my, for my children. Of course, I still prefer often if I'm if I'm not traveling to actually read a physical book, but to save money, this is a good way to save it. And also if you're reading on e-readers anyway. So I hope you enjoyed those ideas and I would love to know which of them you actually have actioned immediately. If any of them have really jumped out at you, come and join us on Facebook on our Homeschooling with Technology community group. And let's let us know which one you used and loved. And uh, that's all for me this week. Enjoy Thanksgiving. And I will see you again, same time, same place next week. Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermerva. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.